0: This is Scarves and, Stri-
1: scars, scars and Spikes. I Scars it again. This is Scarves and Spikes. I tried to find just... this on YouTube the other day, and I, w- I, kept, I just was kept typing in uh, scars and Stripes, and it was knitting. <laughs> There's all these knitting videos, so I feel you. Yeah, I've been there. That's why. That's why.
0: I knew I it was going to happen cause... one
2: time at some exactly. point.
1: <laughs> I took one for the team. I
0: took one for the team. But um, yes, this is Scarves and Spikes, the Atlanta United podcast. My name is Sydney. Tyler and Tommy are here as well. How's it going, guys?
2: Good. This has been a busy day. It's it been a busy day. I'm trying to take a yes. breath from driving home
0: from the training ground. And
1: <laughs> we got news. We got news to talk about, which is we nice. Do.
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, Georgios Yakimakis uh, apparently is close to signing with Atlanta United. The headlines all (laughs) stating that he is relatively close to coming over from Celtic, and we'll definitely talk about that later on. If you're watching us live on YouTube, on Twitter, or on Twitch, thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you're on YouTube and Twitch, you, of course, can leave a comment with any questions you have, and we'll look to address those throughout the show. Great show tonight. As LA United is a match week, Tyler and Tommy, as you all know. Finally. So, <laughs> finally, LA United taking on Chattanooga FC in a friendly at Finley Stadium on Saturday. Hopefully, you all are going to be able to make it out. We have the head coach of Chattanooga FC, Rod Underwood, joining us a little bit later on. Then after that, someone who needs no introduction Doug Robertson from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution will be coming on to talk about LA United's preseason thus far, what he's oh. observed from the training ground, as well as the talk of Yakimakis potentially signing with LA United. We'll discuss that with Doug. We'll lot more waffles more. with him. Ahead. Say that again?
2: <laughs> so we're also going to discuss waffles with Doug. That's a thing <laughs>
0: that's going to happen for about not, a couple of minutes. I'm not sure it. what you're talking about, but no, we will. You'll
2: find out. <laughs> to his yeah,
1: looking... He always just takes a big sip of coffee. He goes, "All right, <laughs> I'm going to take a quick coffee break," and so I'll take a yeah. quick beer break. I guess
0: there at that go. time as well. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll get to that um, when Doug comes on, and we'll all figure out what Tyler's talking about. But um, yeah, we got to start. We got to start the show. Obviously, on a serious note. Um, last week, Anton Waltz former Lady United player. Um, most recently with Charlotte FC, passed away, unfortunately, in a tragic building accident in Florida um, just weeks before his 26th birthday. And Anton, of course, was a member of the inaugural Atlanta United team in 2017, I'm loan from Spurs, eventually went to, back, back to his parent club, Portsmouth, found his way back to Atlanta United for a couple of seasons, and then was drafted by Charlotte FC in the 2021 expansion draft leading into 2022. And he, of course, was a big part of the Charlotte community, the Carolinas community, and it's relatively short time there. But, yeah, really a shock to the system, certainly for Charlotte FC fans and Atlanta United fans, but really MLS fans as a whole. But um, from everything I've heard, uh, Tyler and Tommy, and I've had a chance to talk to Anton as well in media settings, but he was a great guy, um, a young Talented player was a big part, as I said, of the Lady United in its early days. and Of course, Charlotte FC this past season, but just just terrible. Like I said, just weeks from his 26th birthday, leaves behind a young child. So um, Niall saying in the chat just feels unreal. Anton was a very special human being, and everything I've heard about Anton you know, matches up to that. So yeah, guys, what are your feelings when you heard the news?
2: I mean, you know, it, it was – I woke up that day and I saw it and I was like, no, dude, are you serious? Like, yeah. when it rains, it pours, right? Um, one of my favorite images I remember of Anton Walks was the year that, that – when Joseph scored the goal of the year candidate and, and won goal of the year, the celebration with him back in, in 2017 um, after that – I'm sorry, not, not Joseph. I think it was – was it Tito? Tito. That had the goal of the year – that year yeah um but the anyway this the the celebration at the end uh i remember seeing a you know a, a younger anton and uh, and then seeing that now like you go back and you just look and it's like god you know just a just a rough week in general but you know rest in peace man the guy was just a stand-up guy in every way and and he will be sorely missed
1: you could just see all the communities, even Tottenham. Like I think they were all wearing a band. Yeah. Uh, for them and, and some of their uh their games. Even Liga and Mackey's teams. Yeah. So th- that was uh that was nice to see. And you could just see, you know, from the Atlanta and the Charlotte community that he was just well loved.
0: Yep. And Poppy uh Portsmouth doing a tribute on their Twitter site. I didn't have it pulled up here. I was gonna show it here live on the stream, but uh yeah, these are the, the, the tribute. Uh, Philadelphia Union has an arm bed. This is hashtag AW5, obviously for walks, his kit number. I'm um, sure Lady United will be doing something special for him at the beginning of the season. I mentioned moment is silence or something like that. Yeah. Um, there's a memorial service at Bank of America Stadium the other day. Joseph Martinez was there, um, as well as Mikey Abrams, another former Lady United player and a teammate of antons for a number of years so they were there but yeah just very emotional and you know kind of puts things in perspective right you know soccer is only a game i mean it's not not life and death or anything like that but these are real people these are flesh and blood and you know we root for them you know one day and you know the next day you know they could be gone and to kind of Tie it in from a personal standpoint. Um, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan, as many of you all know, and I'm sure all of you have heard the situation with Demar Hamlin, and mm-hmm. you know, miraculously, who survived. But at the same time, you know, in the moment, you're like thinking, "Oh my gosh, I mean, is, is this it for him? Yep. You know, are we? Is, is he going to pull through? You no, know, thankfully, he did. But unfortunately, you know, with Anton. Um, Unfortunately, he did lose his, lose his life, and again, you just can't shake the fact that you know, he was just 25 years old, Yeah, and not only that, having a young child who will grow up and without their father, well, it's just too young to remember dad and what he looked like, what he was like, but, I mean, Tyler, Tommy, me you guys have kids. I mean, I'm sure this hits you square yeah. in the you heart know,
2: it- of that. It's, it's one of those gone too soon things. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is you just trying to think about stuff like that. Right. But it, it happens and it's not just soccer it happens everywhere, yeah. but the biggest thing to do is, is keep that memory alive, you know, and, uh, and Anton walks is, is very positively remembered by the entire soccer community, not just in this country, but worldwide. And it's very, been very clear since everything happened that that's, that's true. And, um, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Brooks Lennon even mentioned, you know, he was asked today about it and uh, they talked about how they, they took the day off that day when they found out the news, and as they should have. So, yeah, yeah it's it's just tough news to swallow, but um, the biggest thing is just to honor his memory, and that's absolutely what he would have wanted, to just have everybody continue loving this game that he loved. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So our thoughts and prayers continue to be with Anton's family this time um, as they move forward without him. So we just wanted to kind of start the show by – give Anton and you know, sending our well wishes to him and his family. Um, but, yeah, pivoting off of that is kind of tough to pivot off of that. But, um, yeah, on the field for Atlanta United, of course, you know, taking on Charles, not Charleston, but Chattanooga FC on Saturday in a friendly end. Really good to see Atlanta United back on the pitch. feels like not long ago the season ended, but as we're recording this, as we're coming on live, it will be a month until – the kickoff at home against the San Jose Earthquakes, but today we are talking Chattanooga FC and Atlanta United's friendly with them on Saturday at Finley Stadium. Joining us now is the head coach of Chattanooga FC, uh, Mr. Rod Underwood. Rod, thanks for joining us. Great to have you. How's it going?
3: Good. How are you guys?
0: Doing great. No Doing great. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. Um, are so, welcome? Rod, this this is year two for you. Chattanooga, Chattanooga FC, and last season you all went to the NISA semifinals. Uh, let's talk about what it's been like for you in Chattanooga thus far.
3: Yeah, it's been a great experience, right? Chattanooga is a, a really cool town. I mean, I actually grew up down in Atlanta, so I, I grew up in Atlanta. Okay. Um, You've got a lot of history South- down here. Yeah, I went to Southwest Cap High School, so I grew up in the Cab. So I had yeah. spent some time up in Chattanooga as a kid, you know. Um, and then when I, I was in college at Furman University, they had a, actually Chattanooga UTC had a, a men's program. So we would come up and play. And uh, so I spent a little bit of time there, but the town is is fantastic. And the club's been super supportive. And uh, yeah, it's been very good, very good experience.
0: Yeah, I was up to at Finley Stadium. I, yeah, my first time I at Finley Stadium was in 2017 uh, when the U.S. men's national team was playing Jamaica. I was just thinking about that before the show. Uh, I remember, I think it was raining that day as a little bit muddy, but um, it was great to see the way that the city of and really the, the northern Georgia area, really rallied around the team and showed up and really showed up. You know, folks from Nashville were down, but you no, know, it's just a great experience.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I really like the town. I've been blessed to sort of live around the world and experience a bunch of different places, and this place is a pretty cool place.
2: So, one of the things that I always notice because I'm I'm like yeah I grew up in Atlanta and Chattanooga was is, it's always been like a second home to me. You know my my family we go there all the time. Uh, how has the the I guess the soccer culture there been since you've been there? Of course you've been there a short time relative to how long Chattanooga FC's been around, but um, I, I remember a couple of years ago um probably 2014 2015 going up there and seeing Chattanooga FC scarves and you know different store you know storefronts and uh, stores selling Chattanooga FC merchandise and it just it it seemed like the the city really took to that club ha- has that evolved at all in in the time that you've you've taken over I mean you've been successful for sure but what would you say about the the whole culture as a as a city up there
3: Yeah I mean like I said previously I mean I've had a chance to experience different different football around the world and Chattanooga's soccer football culture is, is fantastic. I mean, it, it is a real, it's, it's a real football talent in the sense of that, you know, in a lot of big cities, right? Players, the, the cities don't know the players faces. No, they know the faces. They don't know the names, but in Chattanooga players walk down the street, they know who they are. They, it, it it's a, it's an unusual experience for what's for for football and for soccer in America, it's on Cause like you go into you go into a store, you go into a restaurant, very rarely you go in and someone doesn't know who you are. And that's just, that's a cool experience for the players. And right. you know, it's, it's just, it's a great support all the way around.
1: And you could tell by the buzz on Twitter, this, as soon as Monday happened, it was match week for both teams. And it, it almost feels like it's a regular season game for both these teams because they're just, the, the crowd's definitely buzzing on, on On the Twitter,
3: yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, what what's so cool about that is what they do here in the club is, I mean, they have a great communications department that really spends time to they're thoughtful. You know, you you guys have been around, so you know they're thoughtful about what they do and it's purposeful to promote the team and it's purposeful to connect with the fans and it's and to interact and to with the supporters club and that's just like that just helps to grow and build and and it really is. It it's really is a unique experience.
2: So you guys, y'all have been signing, it seems like somebody every day <laughs> for the for the <laughs> past couple of weeks. Uh walk us through some of the some of the faces that we might see as an Atlanta fan that may not be super familiar with some of the, the faces. And of course you got new guys coming in, but walk us through kind of what to what to watch out for.
3: Yeah, I mean for us it's kind of a unique situation when we, we're starting preseason pretty early. Before I mean, give you an idea before we uh agreed to have the game, Our preseason wasn't going to start till like February 6th. So we're starting a few weeks early than normal. And so it's a unique experience because most of our teams at division three level aren't really doing anything. So, you know, in a way we're competing for USL championship players and because they're, they're up and running and going. And so that's been, that's been an interesting experience, but yeah, some guys that we have coming in, you know, a big guy, we signed the goalkeeper of the year. Uh, he's with us now. He played at Cal last year. So we've, we've signed him. Gene Anton, that's a big sign. That's a big signing for us. Very, yeah. very important signing for us. And then the Golden Boot winners returning, uh, yep. Marcus Nagelstad. So not too bad, you know, front and back. And hopefully we can get a lot fielded in the middle. There you go. Um, we've, we you know, we've got in some USM one players. Um, Joseph Partida, who played at Northern Colorado last year for a bit, he's we've got him signed. And Joseph Perez is another player from Cal. Uh, we've got signed. And then some of our returning players, Alex McGrath has just been, he's been with me this, when I was at the other club, Stumptown, I bought him over from Stumptown and he's been just a star from, he's been a stud from from day one. Yeah. Um, and Richard Dixon is just the mainstay in, in the club. He's been here probably four years now, mm-hmm. um, but he's been fantastic. I mean, he's played in championship. Uh, so he's a very good player for us. So and we got some young guys that, I mean, it's all part of this league. you got some young guys, some new guys. You'll see a, a very significant number of trialists. So um, we've got a mix of um, some signed guys and some trialists, but we're a long ways away from getting our team done. I mean, so Colin, Colin Stripling, we just signed last night. He returned. So it's a big guy in the back line for us that played a lot of minutes. So, you know, this this level's different, right? I mean, there's very few right. sort of um, – Multi-year contract, so it's you know it's usually either <laughs> one or one and one, and uh, so yeah, it's it's a lot. It can be a lot of turnover.
0: It's uh, a lot of local talent on the club as well. Um, so you signed, uh, I hear Paez. You signed, or you have currently the Rodriguez brothers. All three yeah. of those players coming from a really strong Dalton High School program North Georgia, which is a really one of the top programs in the state. Yeah, they kind of have the kind of connected to those players.
3: Yeah. I mean, North Georgia's just been superb. Actually that connection between the club and North Georgia were as was there before I got there. But the unique thing is the guy that runs at Kareem this year, he was actually the Georgia state coach probably for 15 years. And actually I was his assistant back in the early, uh, early 2000. So we, we have a long relationship and that's helped to bring those players in. And, you know, we'll probably, we'll probably have one or two more of their players come in for training on a regular basis and, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, maybe we'll sign one or two of those players, too. So we want to keep that relationship going. It's a it's a I mean, to be in Dalton, Georgia, and to have that program is so unique again. Right. And a lot a lot of good talent in Dalton, Georgia,
2: a lot of hidden talent, too. I think that's yeah, That's one of of things that people don't realize is, you know, the, the talent doesn't just have to come from overseas or even necessarily from college. But um we've especially the southeast has kind of been such a a growing area in terms of of soccer not i'm not just atlanta united but the entire southeast but chattanooga i think has taken it and done really well with it. i was really impressed last year um with y'all's open cup match what stood out to me and 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 you know correct me if i'm wrong walk me walk me through it walk the, the folks through it but you go into a match like that you know everybody's looking at it in a certain way you know a, a mls side versus a you know a, a lower division side whatever but it never ever seemed like anybody on your team ever looked at it that way it looked like you came to play you came to play a certain style and it's a very distinct style and no matter what you 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 made it work now obviously scoreline and all that aside it, it was it was a very to me a very obvious um, stamp that you've put on the team in terms of the culture and, and how, how you play. And it was effective in the season for, for sure last year. But I think Atlanta fans can relate most to the open cup match. How, how do you kind of place your culture into the club so that even when you're going against a quote unquote, bigger opponent, your guys come out there and perform exactly how you've coached every single time.
3: Yeah, I mean, the, the catch is right. I mean, I, I say this, right? It's just who I am as a person. I mean, look, I, I mean, I, I love attractive, attacking football. I love to keep the ball. I love to, to press the ball. We love to, like, just dominate possession. But that's part of, like, my personality. I'm, I'm like, I need to be in control of it. So if we have the ball, we're in control. If we're pressing it, we're, we're, we're controlling everything. So, yeah. But, you know, I, I just think that the key is, right, for for my belief is that as you go into these kind of competitions, you only get better by doing what you do. Because what I know, what we're not going to do is in the season, we're not going to sit back, we're not going to let the other team have the ball, we're not going to counter. So why do something that we're never going to do? That's just that's just the nature of. Can we get better in the and in a in a circumstance and a situation that we're never going to face in in league? Why waste it on doing something different? instead of just doing what we do.
2: And, and there's something to be said, I think, about that. Because, like I said, watching that match last year, I, that was what impressed me. You know, you, you guys came out, you you had a game plan, you stuck to it. And I think it's different. I think some people look at, oh, well, you know, you're, you're playing in a match and you have a game plan and what you're doing is not working, so you got to be pragmatic and change it up. But there's a difference between going out and trying to switch up tactics a little bit than throwing your entire culture to the wind when – something's not going your way. And I think that was, and I I watched, you know, many of your guys match last season and it was, it was the same throughout the season. It was very, very um, I say distinct, but you guys do play with a lot of possession. You do want to control the ball and that's, it's good to see because uh, some people would maybe argue that, you know, counters and, and all that could be more effective in certain situations. But when you control the ball and you control it well, it is an attractive style of football like you said and i think it was it was impressive to see so that that's my my quick kudos you know like i i think oh, it, was, it was really really fun to see for sure and i think um, you can see the players kind of kind of draw from that you can see that they're all on board
3: yeah because the the, the, the reality is right i don't disagree right yeah Counter can be very productive, but we never took the we never took the short view, right? We never took the short view. Let's just beat Atlanta United in one game and put the feather in our cap, right? We knew that if we beat Atlanta United, here comes another MLS team, probably, and you know, ultimately the MLS club was never going to be something that we're going to get, right? So that was that. To win that one game, that will be awesome, but that's really a short-term gain. Whereas we, we're looking for the long-term gain of. Can we dominate our opponents that we play on a regular basis? Can we get to the point to give ourselves – be in the championship conversation all year. Playing Atlanta United in a counter game wouldn't be because the reality is the way we played, we couldn't counter against the other teams because if we gave the ball away to the other team in our league, they're going to give it back to us. So we're going right. to have to keep the ball anyway. So that's it, it, you have to just take in that, a realistic approach to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so – for the, I guess the fans that are coming up last time this happened was kind of a historic moment for Atlanta because it was the first, you know, the first time fans got to really see them. So what, what are some, some things to see uh, in terms of, of the football culture of Finley stadium, all that, what, what can Atlanta fans kind of expect coming up there uh, this weekend?
3: Yeah. I mean, the, the Chattahooligans, the supporters club, I mean, they, I mean, it's very unique, right, again, with these guys because – and I keep using the word unique, but it is because, you know, they're there. I mean, obviously they're not as – you just don't have the people as, you know, some of the bigger clubs do, but those people are there and they're there all the time and they travel, right? I mean, I think when we went to California last week, last year for – we had a two-game road trip out there. I mean, 20 20 Chattahookans travel. They travel and stay the whole week there. So, I mean, they're really, like, committed to what we do there – and they're, they're really special people because they love the club, right? Doesn't matter who's, doesn't matter who's in the in the kit, doesn't matter who's on the sideline. They're gonna support their club. Doesn't matter who's in the front office. They're gonna support that club. And that's what you want. That's that's what's gonna make American soccer really like take and go when people are just committed to it. Regardless if your best player has gone onto the other, gone onto another club, you're still gonna support that, support your club the way that you would no matter who was there. And that's, that's something really to see. And look, and I, I'll be honest, our front office with what we have, they put on a, a spectacular event, right? And, you know, it's um, it's real important. I mean, and I try to give those guys kudos all the time. I mean, they're set up, you know, they, again, right, with the budgets and the structure we have, there's nobody better in, in our league. And I would put us up against championship teams and I'll put us up against us any USL1 teams in terms of our overall structure of our club and and fan support and just what we do as a club in general. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like
0: you have a, it sounds like you have a lot of support up there, which is, which is great to see um, just how, you know, Chattanooga FC kind of carries himself as a club. So that's really impress- literally impressive. Uh, we're going to cut you loose here in just a second, but I do have one last question in regards to your coaching background. I mean, you've coached in Sierra Leone, you've coached in, jamaica you've coached in so many different places so i want to ask you kind of twofold um what was this experience like for you how did you use those to help you grow as a coach and then second half of that question i'm um, coming kind of from my comment section on youtube from Nile: uh, do you have any aspirations to coach in mls someday
3: yeah i mean look i mean i i've, I've had the opportunity i mean i spent i spent eight years at the Portland Timbers back in the USL days. And then uh, the early part of the MLS days, I was there and, uh, you know, really, really good experience there and enjoyed that. But, you know, the biggest thing for me going outside of the country and traveling and coaching around the world was that the culture, right? I'm, I'm, you know, the game, what I believe in the game, the game is a great unifier. Soccer is probably the most powerful sport in the world to unify people. So you get a chance to like, Talk to people and experience people that you would never do in your everyday walk of life if you weren't involved in the game. So experiencing new cultures, new foods, you know, new music, new new everything. Just like, just like taking it on. That's like that that's that's part of that's part of what you would say uh, coaching outside of coaching out the country. Because if you just, I feel if you just go to a club because hey, X club and X country called you and you're just going to go there and you're going to coach in that club. I don't think you really do the club any service by just coming and coaching the club you need to immerse yourself in the community get to know the fans get to know the club get to know the city and 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 let it become part of you right and let it become what you want in terms of aspirations i mean coaches are no different than players right you want to coach at the highest level that that's available right and whatever comes comes but my my feeling is that i mean i share this all the time my i mean i'm a very religious guy and God's going to open the door that he wants to open door. And if it opens, it opens. I'm always going to be ready. That's not the issue. I'm always, I'm not going to be like, Oh, the door's open. Let me, let me get ready. No, I'm the door opens. You know, I'm I'm ready to walk through whatever door that God has for me and do my best. And that's all I will ever do is do my best.
2: You're doing a great job up there for sure.
1: Thank you. 100%. Um, you know, Rod, you talk about all these signings. And I think Atlanta United fans are jealous because we've just been subtracting from our roster uh, so I just wanted to give you a little heads up that uh, in the second half, Sydney, Tyler, and myself will actually be um, on. You know, we'll, we'll be we'll be uh, checking in there, and uh, we'll do our best. So just oh, yeah, I'm gonna do my best.
3: <laughs>
1: I can't wait to see you guys out there. <laughs> it'll be a it'll be a view.
2: I'll be coming down from section 102. So all just, right, just keep an eye on. All
1: right, I'll be
3: looking out for you.
0: <laughs> awesome. Hey, Rod Underwood, head coach of Chattanooga FC. Thank you so much for coming on, Rod. And um, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you
1: Thank
0: guys. You. so much. Good luck this weekend. Yep. Right, cheers. Great chat with uh, Rod Underwood. And yeah, it sounds like he has, like I said earlier, a lot of support from the Chattanooga front office. And thus, as I was talking about, guys, you know, just a great community there at Chattanooga. I'm um, great fan base, great people. And yeah, I. Unfortunately I won't be up there, but I know Tyler, you will. But um yeah, it is right up, right up high seventy-five. Not oh, yeah. not a not far. long trip at all. So. very easy drive. Yeah. I wonder Once now it, can we watch this yeah. game? So can that has not been online? announced that has not been announced yet. I imagine the club will be you know announcing that how to stream. I asked Sunday about days. it
2: yesterday. They are working on it still. Now it will be broadcast, so I'm not mistaken on two nine, correct so correct. at least have the radio broadcast but I, I i think i would imagine they're going to do a stream of some sort but the it hasn't been yeah. made official yet so
0: it's usually so traditionally that's been really the case upset me. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we will um, hopefully you'll we'll hear something um, relatively soon from the club as far as streaming is concerned all right we're going to switch gears and talk about more about Elena United and that we had Rod Underwood on, head coach of Chattanooga SC, which many of you may not have known uh, beforehand. Well, I'm bringing out somebody that maybe needs no introduction to Atlanta United fans. Um, Doug Robertson from the Atlanta Journal Constitution joins us now. And <laughs> oh, Fallout Boy is Boys clearly
1: if, if you're my watching daughter's going to scream, fight you. Oh, <laughs> man, she's going to fight you when when she sees this later.
2: Oh, here we go. <laughs>
0: If, if you're listening to the podcast, Doug has a sign that said "Fallout Boy stinks." No, that tells you, uh, sort of about his um, musical taste. But uh, Doug, how get, are you? I get you Fallout nice. Boy, but why pentatonics?
4: Why pentatonics? <laughs> yes, sing your own songs, man.
2: <laughs> they <have>
4: a, don't <laughs> they sing have someone them. else's songs.
1: I agree. Well, Everybody's <laughs> everybody so, songs.
4: They're so obviously like uh, Hollywood put together. It's just, it's, it's, it's insulting. They came from the same high school. Uh, It doesn't matter to me. I didn't say it's logical, but as someone who appreciates all types of music to hear that, can they sing? Yeah, they could sing, but sing your own songs. That's my, that's my biggest thing. That and their agent is fantastic because every holiday special, I think is legally required to have pentatonics Oh yeah. As a special guest on it. They made it uh, everywhere. It's just, there's so much better music out there. Get, just please, just get them <laughs> off of yeah.
0: off of my screen. We'll have um, we'll have Doug back on later in the year to talk about <laughs> his album album reviews later in the season. So we'll be keeping and track the of season that. Season
1: review will be Pen, exactly <laughs> uh, season, so it'll be perfect.
0: Yeah, but um, no, Doug, thanks for coming out. We really appreciate you. Oh, thanks you. for having me. Um, no, I was just thinking... Uh, this afternoon. My gosh, this will be already season seven of Atlanta and that is hard to believe that yeah, seven years ago Atlanta United were kicking off against the New York Red Bulls up at Bobby Dot Stadium. I mean, what I guess what what are your thoughts going into this season based on uh, what you've seen and really what you've seen from preseason, what you've seen kind of from working your sources, I mean your kind of impressions of things how things are going.
4: Well, the, the biggest thing that we keep hearing about is, uh, culture. There, mm-hmm. a cultural change, um, competing for the crest, fighting for the badge, battling for the badge. If you want to keep alliteration going. Um, and it's an interesting thing because, you know, I've said this on my podcast and, and y'all know this, but in my MBA education, the one thing that we constantly get hit on is keeping a a positive culture, keeping a, a, a productive culture is the toughest thing to do in a business. And when you lose it, it is the most difficult challenge to overcome. Now, I don't know if that's true with Atlanta United. And it's interesting that that seems to be a theme of this preseason because that's what Joseph said after that loss to Austin. And some people killed him for it and some people praised him for it. But he called out, I think, Carlos Bocanegra, Darren Eels, for buying players that were more business decisions, maybe, than were interested in playing for Atlanta United. That's not a reflection of the player, it's more a reflection of the player, the type of players that Atlanta United was acquiring, if that makes sense, if if you if the difference is understood okay. there. So if you can get guys to believe in something and play together as a team and execute the tactics because they understand the culture and this is important, then it can be better than the sum of its parts. Right now, Atlanta, not its parts are good. Are they better than a lot of other teams in the East? I, I would say no. So you overcome that with culture and then, you know, there's still some players that are likely coming in. But that's the most important thing that I've, I've noticed in the conversations we've had with the players so far.
0: Yeah, we were saying before the show, um, Brooks mentioned that had the training ground, and I mean, you're there myself and Tyler were there, but Brooks was saying, I guess, the vibe in the locker room and the training ground is a lot different, and Tyler, you were talking about ninety two nine when Pineda was talking to Dukes and Bell, Pineda was kind of saying the same thing. Um, so that kind of goes into what you are just talking about, Doug, like the culture and the vibe and all of that. So, I mean, is it a case of, do you think in Joseph's case, maybe addition by subtraction that maybe, you know, Joseph in a way was outgrowing the club and his departure was needed to really move the club forward in a way.
4: I think part of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Joseph is the face of the franchise or was the face of the franchise. He'll hold all the records for a long, long time with the franchise, but in pro sports, after a while, uh, dissolutions happen and players have to move on for whatever reason. And it happened with Joseph and it'll happen again with Almada or, or whomever, Miles Robinson, whoever you want to throw at Brooks Lennon, whoever you want to throw out there, Brad Guzan, uh, for various reasons. And I mean, I can understand Joseph's what I think is Joseph's side of it, he was tired of losing. He didn't like how the club was being built. He didn't like how the club played. But at the same time, you have a contract and you're tasked with giving your best. I don't know that I can say Joseph gave his best all the time last season. Not compared to what we've seen in the past. I don't know you know, about his knee. I don't know what he's dealing with, with his, his wife being pregnant at the end of the season, or, or I'm sorry, his significant other being pregnant. Uh, pregnant at the end of the season. I don't know any of those things that could affect a player's mentality. All I know is that when you watch them on the field, it wasn't the same player. And sometimes it looked like a player who maybe wasn't giving his best, but he's only human. So I can understand that. Turn it around in the club. I could see the club side of it too. Big salary. One of three, you're allowed on the team, not getting the production you want. Maybe not getting the leadership that you want. Maybe not getting the, um, camaraderie that you're looking for with the rest of the team and maybe other people. It's just, it was a, it was, I think a good decision for both parties. And now we'll see what happens if Joseph is able to produce in Miami.
2: I think for me, that was the biggest thing that at face value was noticed last season when uh, we always go back to the chicken and rice thing. Right. But that was the moment. It kind of seemed like Joseph's got a point but you got to go about things the right way. And like you just said, the contract, you're still, you still have a contract. You still have um, responsibilities. The fan base still adores you. And, but, but again, also I do see the club side of it. And, and if, and this is a big, if, and I'm not speaking from any kind of, you know, inside knowledge or anything, but if, He or any particular player does become a quote unquote poison in the locker room and is bringing the rest of the team down. You have to do something about that, and sometimes it's painful and it does suck when it, if it was your, you know, your star player, your face of the franchise. But after the comments today by Brooks and kind of seeing the players out there the past couple of training sessions, how do you feel? Um, because you get to go to a lot more than I do, but how do you feel the team? looks in the sense of of that culture and that camaraderie.
4: It's really hard to tell when they're at the training ground. It's much easier to tell when they are off site, yeah. like in the past in Charleston or at IMG or the, the other places they've done preseason camps.
3: Yep.
4: Um that and a lot of times there's they're doing the same drills that we see. Today was a full training. We got to see all of the training. But in the past, it's we we see the the warm up drills and things like that. And you can't really tell anything from those, so it's hard to tell right now. I will say that the players are more positive, probably because it's not last season anymore. Yeah, and last season was awful for everybody, um, except maybe the doctors if they get paid by the hour. I don't know. <laughs> um, there's no in. There's only one minor injury it looks like it looks like Derek Etienne must have suffered something last season or maybe had something done in the offseason because he's still not training with the team he's training by himself but he is training which is a good sign we also haven't seen Ozzy Alonzo return to the field yet Um, he's coming off an ACL we know from Emerson Hyman's timeline and we know from what Carlos said I think in November they're expecting Alonzo back near the end of training camp I think yeah. Um, if if my old man memory serves me right. So, just not having injured players is a huge positive and got to be a confidence boost for this team. And now we'll see what happens on Saturday at Chattanooga if they could come out of that without injuries. And that's always, you know, the number one goal of every
2: and, friendly. And to add on to that, too, uh, you know, not that I think it's anything to panic about and I, I almost don't want to say it, but, uh, you know, Santiago Sosa had a wrist brace or oh, something yeah, I'm wrong. Not, yeah, you know, and again, it's, it's soccer. It, you do have to push off of people and all that, but it just, it didn't seem to be bothering him, but it's worth noting, you know, but he's also going to, he's going to be suspended for the first, what, two games, I believe of the season. Still plenty of time.
4: Uh, Is it two or is it four? I can't remember anymore. I can't remember. I need either. to go back and There's look it up.
1: Three yeah. and he, one game, he missed the last game of the season. So he's got two more.
4: Okay. Okay. There you go. So I have no idea who's going to play that position. Um, (laughs) I guess maybe Ibarra. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But there
4: are still some question marks at some of the positions, I think. So we'll start to find out some stuff on a beautiful day in Chattanooga
0: on Saturday. (laughs) What have been your first impressions of Garth Um,
4: He's deliberate. He has a process that has been proven to work uh, at Salt Lake and at Seattle, consistently proven, not a one-season wonder type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's following that process with Atlanta United. And this first season, I, I think there's enough talent on this team to do some good things. I don't know if there's enough to challenge for trophies yet, but again, mm-hmm. there's still time. Um, And so if people are expecting or were expecting – you know, three to five players coming in the first week of training camp, that's not Loggerway's style. It's Mm going to be deliberate. It's going to think through the monies, think through the contracts, think through the culture, think through all of that. Not to say that that wasn't happening under Darren with Carlos, but with Garth, I think it's going to be a little more um, just uh, process-driven than in the past. Uh, I met with him last week for about an hour. Half of it was just kind of off the record, him and I talking about mm. personal lives and, and things like that. But that—that that was the biggest takeaway I got uh, from him, and, and it may be why you still haven't seen a striker coming in to replace Joseph. Typically, you don't get rid of somebody unless you know who the next person is. And we're still waiting. You know, Pineda said last Tuesday we expect three players in was today Wednesday
2: almost two weeks right. yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see any players coming in by the end of the end of the week I, I don't mm. think it's going to happen I think what we I, saw I've today, been wrong many times
2: yeah, I think um, what we saw today will be the the Chattanooga squad you know mo- most of it anyway yeah and then the they, they head big, to Mexico um,
4: and we'll find out from Panade on Friday what the squad you're going to be but I assume it's going to be in The past, it's been like starter, they do starters for 30 minutes and then 45 minutes and then 60 minutes and then 90 minutes. I think, yep, yep. So, I assume it's going to be something similar like that on
1: Saturday. Well, that was a great yeah. interview, uh, you did with Garth. It was. Yes. Oh, thanks, and it broke the internet there for a little bit because I, there was the talks <laughs> to the DP and TAM deal and do we have a DP slide? Do we not? Uh, and it continued all the way up until today, too. Uh, he did an interview. Uh, with Dukes and Bell and, and they uh, pressured him on it as well. And doesn't seem, you know, like they're, they're going to be able to bring in a DP, but the loan process, crazy MLS rules, they they might be able to bring in someone uh, with, with the high price tag, but it's been definitely something that the fan base has been talking about is can't what availability that do we have for the rest of the, the off season to bring someone in. And the other comment he made is there were still a few more people um to exit the squad. So that, that was an interesting line that he said today.
4: Yeah. Well, there's almost certainly going to be at least one player leave Eric Lopez. Who's still right. not with the team. That's the common sense. Uh, subtraction.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Now, whether there's more, I guess that depends on if players are, you know who we didn't see at training today. Actually. Now that I think about it, Machop Chole.
0: Yeah, I I saw him I on a I car. Hang out on the side. Okay. Uh yeah. well
4: that could he could be a player going out the, going out the door yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um now that I think about it. Um mm-hmm. the the TAM DP the team does have a DP slot open right now. Mm-hmm. Joseph it's gone. There is a DP slot open. It's it's how they want to fill that DP slot is mm-hmm. the important decision Garth has to make. And the other thing, and I tweeted this out today, and it may have been snarky, and I didn't mean it to. The DP (laughs) slot is just a salary construct. That's all it is. It's a silly, silly salary construct for a league that has a $2.5 billion streaming rights deal now. (laughs) And I think once you start to see proof of concept with this with Apple, then you'll start to see some of these roster rules and and mechanisms get... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Streamlined, maybe a little bit. Not go away,
2: but made easier to understand. That's something that we've kind of talked about doing our post-match shows on Twitter. But I I wonder if you've got the League's Cup coming up this season Mm -hmm. for the first time.
4: The full League's Cup, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If if MLS goes in there and gets trounced by a bunch of League League Amaki teams, I don't see. Garber just looking at that and being like, oh, well, we'll try again next year. There's a contract There's a contract in place. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm not talking about the, the cup. I'm talking about the same MLS rules that apply to teams. Oh, gotcha, teams gotcha, apply. gotcha. I think from that point, maybe you do see something like a fourth DP slot or something more, you know, liberal in terms of allowing a little bit more freedom for these clubs to spend money.
4: Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I wrote or maybe I've said, some sort of version of the NBA's luxury tax, I think, would mm. work for the teams that want to spend, and then some of that money can trickle down and help some of the teams that simply can't spend um, have a little more revenue. But all these, most of these teams are owned by billionaires. The money is there. Yep. All right. Um, it's just a matter of if you want to spend it.
1: Just like yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. that's good so you look at. Um... You know, New England Revolution owned by Robert Kraft, and you talk about you know they're still playing in you know, Gillette Stadium. Why haven't they built a stadium of their own? All of that, but yeah, you know, we know Robert Kraft isn't hurting for money.
4: <laughs> the, the the one that continues to boggle my mind in the opposite direction is Toronto, which I know is a major market, but they don't play in an NFL stadium.
1: Yet
4: right. they spend money like it's going out of style. Yeah, on right. players. And that continues to fascinate me and makes me wonder why more teams don't do that.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. Interesting. Uh, one comment that did come in the chat about MLS rules and Mark ATLUTD711 saying, you know, talk about the allocation list going out the window mm-hmm. as you learned a few days back. But i kind of staring back to Lenny United and Yaku Makis uh, rumored to be coming to Atlanta, whether it's on a loan deal, one to buy, DP, we're not sure. But uh, from what you've heard and what you've seen, what are your impressions of Yakumakis, and what impact could he have on Atlanta United if indeed you know, these reports you know do come to pass, which it looks like they very well made?
4: It's a complicated deal. I know that. I think it would be for a loan uh, to turn into a DP. Joseph came on a loan as yeah. a DP. Which yeah. so that's a little bit different in that regard. Um, I've, I've only been able to watch YouTube highlights, I don't get to watch a lot of Scottish Premier League. Looking at his stats, if people expect that he's going to come in and set MLS on fire, I, I would caution not to be all that hopeful. Mm. Um, you look at his stats on like FB ref, and I'm looking at them right now. He had the fantastic year in 2020, 2021 in Holland yep. in which he had 26 goals and 30 matches. Yep. That's a cool total. Eight of those goals were penalty kick goals. So now you're down to 18 mm-hmm. goals. Then you do your non-penalty expected goals. It should have been 13. So his best season would be 13 goals in more, uh, 10 years. Now, Flipping that around, his goals per minute, though, he averages one goal per 157 minutes. Joseph averaged one goal per 141 minutes in his career. Mm-hmm. Not I didn't do his MLS career. I did his whole career. So there is some hope there. But what I think that the team wants is they want this player to score goals, but they also want him to be able to combine and make Almada and Araujo and Etienne better. Yep. And mm-hmm. and more statistically impactful um than than they were last year with the mirrored strikers they had to play with because of injuries and everything else. I think it's so I don't I don't know you look at his assists, he's never had more than two assists in a year. So mm-hmm. is he that type of player? I I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough because yeah you look at his highlight reel and it's it, any highlight reel is going to look great right you like right. it's it's a highlight reel that's the whole point. Um, I think my if anybody wants to hold on to anything in terms of that year that he was he was in Eredivisie, that side was getting relegated, and mm-hmm. he still did that. So take that for what it's worth. You, you, you've got a guy that's he's still no matter how tanked the team was at that point, he was still going out doing his job. Which is a big deal, I think, mm-hmm. especially considering mm-hmm. what we were just talking about with Joseph. Yep. Um, now, granted, you've got completely different styles of, of football that are being played in two different countries. But I, I do agree. I think the, the biggest thing is going to be put some of the goal-scoring onus back on Aruju, um, Etienne, I think, is going to be a big one. Almada, obviously, we already know. He can make something out of nothing. And some other guys. But I think having... Maybe that, quote unquote, more complete striker, at least in the, the terms of what we're hoping for, and what it seems like he may be—he's strong, big-bodied kind of guy. Uh, maybe that will open up things a little bit for the way that Pineda wants to play,
4: and just be healthy. I mean, that's—I yeah. I don't yeah. know what his injury history is if he has one, but they need someone oh, who can work consistently with with the uh, the trio we've already talked about. And develop some chemistry, and you know, one of my mm-hmm. favorite phrases that I use on the podcast, I used it a lot last year, is chemistry or consistency breeds chemistry, chemistry breeds confidence, confidence breeds results. And Lenny mm-hmm. United just could not get that last year because there was mm-hmm. no consistency because of all the injuries. And so that would be another like box that would need to be checked if I were at Lenny United now pursuing a striker.
0: Yeah, though we're probably going to cut you loose here in a couple of minutes. But before I do, I want to ask you, uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, Laggerway, um, during the Men Believers' Life show a few weeks back, three minutes <laughs> back, said that uh, he expected Atlanta to be or to have a home playoff match in 2023. And again, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but taking into account the different competitions, obviously MLS. U.S. Open Cup, Leagues Cup, uh, putting those together. I guess what is your reasonable expectation for Atlanta United in 2023?
4: Uh, making the playoffs
0: is a, as a
4: lower seed. I mm-hmm. think is a reasonable expectation. Now that could change, obviously, if they depend upon who they bring in. Um, if they're able to bring in another striker, a center midfielder, and a center back for depth. Then you start to be able to compete a little bit more in all of these these contests. But to me, you've got to put the impetus on just making the MLS playoffs because you haven't done it in two of the past three years. Haven't won a playoff game since 2019, mm-hmm. which is is hard to think about. I think for some supporters, but but it's the truth. Um, that's got be got to be the impetus, and they got put in a tough group in the League's Cup. Um, we still don't know about the U.S. Open Cup. Um, what's going to happen with that? Yeah. And all that is assuming that everybody stays healthy, too, which is unrealistic.
0: Yeah. And you know, that brings to the conversation, you know, not just about financial, but the fixer congestion. How does the Pineda handle, you know, Open Cup, Leagues Cup, and then the regular season? So that, that really works into the conversation, too, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, very much so. And, you know, the the team has a a boatload of homegrowns. I don't Mm -hmm. know what the rules are going to be for the League's Cup or even the U.S. Open Cup about the use of homegrowns. But some of these guys, they need minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. Jackson Conway, who I just wrote about tonight, you could see the story on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC.
2: Cut his hair, by the way. Yeah, well, he did it
4: because he is focused on winning a job with the first team. He Mm -hmm. went nowhere. He went nowhere during the offseason. He spent the almost he no vacations, no nothing. He went back and forth to the fitness center at the team's training facility and watched film and worked out.
2: And, and he's that's jacked.
4: All, that's all he did. Yeah. Um, Cause he wants to play and he's got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is the second consecutive season. He's come into the early part of training camp as the only healthy striker. You've got Tyler Wolf who played a lot at the beginning of last year and then just disappeared Machop Chole, who is kind of coming in late in games, just some of the homegrown's Noah Cobb, who I know Carlos Bocanegra thinks has, uh, I think he said it's U.S. Men's National Team potential uh, back in November. Um, I'm forgetting, I'm forget if the ones I'm forgetting, I, I'm for uh, my apologies, pa- Johnny Fortune, um, Efren Morales. I think both of them the will probably be with the twos. Yeah, I think Fortune. they'll probably be with the twos just to get playing time. Yeah, um, things like that. Uh, but they got these homegrowns and the reason they, they need minutes. So with all these fixtures, hopefully you see some of these guys, not just get like 10, 10 minutes at the end, but get a start, surround them with some veterans, let them start and see what happens.
0: Yeah. One other person uh, that we didn't mention VR um, from a lady noted too Johnny so Villar. that's another, another mm-hmm. young player that, uh, that we need to take into account, but oh, uh, and McFadden, yeah.
4: McFadden, who's not a homegrown, McFadden. but, but, right. you know, dude, had yeah. one bad game. I think last season in his run when he was forced into starts. But the well, rest looked,
0: of the time played decently. Looked, yeah, looked pretty well, I think. Yeah. No, indeed. Indeed. Well, Doug, I was, uh, yeah, definitely
1: one of one of the interesting things on on uh that Garth said as well at the beginning, and Doug, I don't know if you can answer this, but you could blink a few times for yes or no. Um <laughs> they, Garth made a comment about how it was a reset moment for the uh the salary cap. And he said that a lot of the long-term moves didn't meet his philosophy going forward. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but by the end of the season, do you expect Carlos to still be with the team?
4: Yeah, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Th- this is a narrative that I understand from some of the supporters, but at the same time drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, if you're going to blame Carlos for some of the contracts given to Heinemann and uh, Zetu, who's another favorite to, to, to bang on, and and Sosa and some of those guys, then you also have to give him credit for some of the better ones, and he doesn't get that credit. Um, you have to give him credit for for going out and getting a guy. Freaking played in the Champions League. Luis Araujo to come to Atlanta United. Is it Bocanegra's fault that it hasn't worked out yet? No. No. But it still could. Um, Do I agree with every decision he's made? No. Not at all. Do I understand most of the decisions? To some degree, I do. Um, Now, if the team doesn't make the playoffs this season, I think that there will be a hard discussion about Bocanegra's Mm -hmm. future. If it does make the playoffs then i think you know they'll have he and garth will have a conversation about well, what did you learn can you apply the principles that i've tried to follow in my career to what you're doing going forward and if the answer is yes then
2: we'll see what happens and it's worth remembering too like he actually has a contract as well yeah yeah he's got it, well, i think two more years or something yeah, he's got a couple more years and, and so i yeah. think that's that's what people tend to forget as well like it it yes it can be as simple as well just You know, fire somebody, but there's still contracts. There's still things in place that may throw a wrench in just the simple, like, all right, well, we're gonna burn it down (laughs) and and start over with somebody else.
4: You know, part of the narrative, the team does has won three trophies. It won the MLS Cup under Tata. It won or
2: AmFam Cup. Get it? (laughs) The U.S.
4: Open (laughs) Cup and the Campionas Cup and came within a Joseph Martinez missed penalty of hosting the MLS Cup for the second consecutive year. Yep. Now if you want to say Tata deserves all the credit for for some of that that's fine but Tata was not here in 2019 Carlos was that was a roster he put together he deserves a little bit just a little bit a credit for that again I don't agree with every decision he's made Jurgen Dom I understand why it was done not for the money yeah that that was a silly amount of money to spend That's on. That Tommy's player.
2: favorite one to throw out in every show.
4: It's it was a silly amount of money, but I, but yeah. I understand why they signed him. His TikToks, um, right? Yeah. His TikTok videos. They were pushing for a playoff berth, right? And they thought with his speed and Liga MX, it's Liga Meki's experience, he could be a difference mm-hmm. maker. I they mean, he had no way of knowing the- that when he got the ball, his brain and his feet were going to be two do- <laughs> two different things
2: most of the time. It was a legitimate like. There was potential.
1: But yeah, it, man, yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at it on paper. It's you so think, okay, Just
4: playing time. With playing time, it'll happen. It just
1: didn't happen. Yeah. Andrew Goodman yeah. was another good example for Carlos. You got to give him. I mean, that was the long-term thinking. Get him, you know, loan him out to the Red Bulls while you you get Bello uh, ready to be sold, and then he's just ready to come in and one of the best players last year. So yeah. I mean, Brooks we,
4: Lennon, I think, is a, is a bargain for his for his salary and, yeah. and people want to say down. he's not Julian Gressel. Well, Joseph Martinez that Brooks got to play with, isn't it the judge Martinez that Gressel got to play with. Right. Brooks doesn't have Miguel Amaron, Tito Viaba playing in front of him either, which Gressel did. Gressel is a fantastic player, but to say Lennon isn't Gressel, isn't fair to either player.
0: Yeah.
1: I know the timing was a little off, but do you think that if, Garth would have been brought in two weeks before. Do you think they would have retained Rosetta? No. no, I Just don't. want to make sure that we're on the same page there.
4: Um, <laughs> it doesn't fall in line with the other moves they made.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems very much Huz- the opposite.
4: Rosetta is a nice guy, and I think he's a good player. And I, I'm always very uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I don't really rate defensive midfielders as highly as other people do. Um, Rob Usry and I once got into a long argument on Twitter because I <laughs> think he said at the time, that's the number one position I would fill or something like that uh, in the spine of a team. And I was like, I, I totally disagree. <laughs> um, so, you know, Uzzetu, what Huzetu does well, I may just not notice like I should. All I know is the guy has one assist in three seasons and it bounced off his shin (laughs) into the path of a teammate to score. And in a league in which the hockey assist is the norm, to only have one assist means, to me, you're not really advancing the ball forward like your manager. And I know Pineda has said he wants him to, to do. Now, can he do it this season? Sure. He's a professional footballer. He's skilled more skilled than, than I'll ever be, but he just got to do it, you yeah. know,
2: just got to do it. Well, and that's the biggest thing, because people will tend to throw out his passing accuracy, which is, it, it's great. It's up there with, with Azie Alonzo. It's, it's in the top 10. Now I haven't checked for last season, but, but going into 2022, he had one of the, the top 10 pass accuracies and that's great, but the ball has to be moved forward. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. biggest gripes of, of Rosedu, you know, haters i guess is that he doesn't move the ball progressively forward he tends to side to side backwards whatever you know and, and yeah, that's he's, just not, he's, he's not about putting into the spaces he's about putting
4: it to the player right i want to see more put it into spaces
2: right mm-hmm. even if it's Give not complete at least make that into. back
4: line or that that mid to low block make them think about it that oh this might be coming
2: 100 um, i totally agree with that but we'll see we'll see
4: Again, super nice guy, and I think I think he can prove his his salary.
2: Um, but he's just got to do it. He scored against Birmingham, so he's always going to have that.
4: that drove me up a freaking <laughs> wall. <laughs> that was the worst thing to happen to him <laughs> because a hype train a was through the room. people. People forget that Birmingham. that was Birmingham's first week of training camp. Yeah, they're already playing their C team in that mm-hmm. game. I mean, it was kids. Yeah, some of the kids had jersey numbers. <laughs> and he, I, I'm not making that up. And yep. he scores, and everyone goes banana. Oh, he's the future right. of the franchise. I'm like, context, man. Context.
2: <laughs>
4: Look at who this is against. Um, worst thing to happen to him. Was was those two goals?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Before you go, Doug, I know you and Tyler had a bet last year with Mascara uh, scoring a goal. I won. Now, I've seen <laughs> no, longer.
2: you you won because Pro screwed me. I was at
1: that game. I was uh, there. If I go and look at the stats. I think I see
2: a goal <laughs> under G. I got your I, Arby's gift card. I going. saw that goal. It was
1: onside, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so I think you. I think you need to give uh, Tyler a second chance on this and and figure something out.
4: No, I think Mascaro will score this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he showed he's 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 very very fast. Yeah. He just got the uh, the Jurgen Dom issue, the inexperienced player issue at times mm-hmm. of just trying to do too much too quickly instead of just kind of breathing a little bit. Uh, talk to Conway about that today. Because he got some, he had some scoring opportunities in the few minutes that he got last year, but as soon as the ball would come to him, it was almost like, "Oh, my score!" Oh. and then just go too fast, and and it all gets messed up. Uh, but he's got you know 85 games as a pro. He's he's only 21, mm-hmm. so I think the game might slow down for him a little bit this year if he gets if he gets opportunities, and we we'll, might see the same for Mascara too.
0: Yeah, yeah, never definitely saw it like for Jurgen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, where is Jurgen Don, by the way? Do we know? or I think he's still yeah. with America. Isn't that, isn't that really? I think so. mm-hmm. Yeah, You're probably right. We're probably right. I'll have to um, double check. But, uh,
4: he's yeah, got a great um, agent.
0: I know that. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, assuming <laughs> no, yeah. you get a multi-year no deal. Kidding.
1: No <laughs> kidding. If you can dance the way he can, you can get any yeah. type of contract. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Saturday
0: afternoon, the night. United takes on. Chattanooga FC at Finley Stadium. Doug Robertson. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Robertson ATL. Of course, so what's the,
4: what's the piece of trivia from Finley Stadium regarding Atlanta United?
0: Um, I mean, outside of the fact that it was their first friendly there. Mm-hmm. A it was their
4: first friendly, but there was something that happened. Two things uh, that happened, I think, actually.
0: Carl- we jumping And Carlton scored.
4: Carlton, Andrew Carlton did score. His yeah. brother looks really good, by the way. He does. Oh yeah, Alan. He does.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the other one I'm missing? That was a
4: game where they changed jerseys at halftime and brought out the road kits for the first time.
0: Oh, there you go. Ah, uh-huh. You know what? Like they I broke that. out
4: the uh, concrete and tail lights.
0: I think I remember that.
4: Strawberry and gray, as they call it. I always thought concrete and taillights lights fit Atlanta as <laughs> yeah. a better
0: description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember, um, that I remember that now. Remember that. Actually. She met you for the first time in that match, I think, Doug.
4: Yeah. I, I think that's right.
0: Yeah. Up in the Finley Stadium press box. Beautiful but, um, Finley Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know you'll be there and I know Tyler will be there, but um, yeah, let's see. Uh, like you said, if the United will get off that with um, without injury. Tyler Gio One more question. Yeah, Last sure. thing. I, I got, got one all the time more in the world.
2: Belgian waffle, waffle cone, American waffle, Ooh, or toaster okay. waffle? Oh, man.
4: Is the waffle cone filled with anything?
2: Uh, (laughs) Whatever you want it to be. All right. Waffle cone it is, then. There we go. (laughs) A big old
4: helping of uh, Moose Tracks ice cream.
2: There you go. Okay. I'm I'm happy and
4: growing even fatter, man.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's... I got to figure out a way to transport it to the bins, but that'll be my, <laughs> my pay up to you for the mascara bit. I think they Even had those. Um, I got shafted.
4: I don't bring them for Atlantic Naughty Games, but I think they had that at the Peach Bowl. I think they had waffle cones. Oh wow! Okay. Or the yeah, the yeah, the Peach Bowl. Yeah, it was hmm. one of the two: the SEC Championship or that.
2: So I just got to oh. find the right restaurant. Then <laughs> the I'm gonna go
4: get some dinner right now somewhere there in you the go. town. <laughs> we'll find a place to eat. There's only we a thousand places within home. about five blocks.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Enjoy your. Uh, hopefully, enjoy your midtown condo. Oh, and, I'm, uh, I'm loving it. Excellent, excellent. I don't know if you can well, see it um, over
4: my shoulder, but it's a poster of all the World Cup balls.
0: Interesting. Oh, my kids nice. gave that to me.
4: Interesting. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That's nice. That's well. Um, cool. A lot of soccer things, and you know. We're nice. There you go. And the, ah, there we go. Liverpool <laughs> jersey. There we did it. Didn't, we did. We didn't ask you about Liverpool. We didn't ask you about Liverpool. Ugh. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah,
4: let's save that. Yeah. Let's okay. save that see save if that we for we next time. get some points.
0: We'll save <laughs> that for next time. Hey, Doug, thanks a lot, and we'll uh, definitely talk to you soon.
4: Yeah, anytime, guys. Thank you. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's a missed opportunity uh, for those of <laughs> you who don't know Doug. Doug is a massive Liverpool fan, and right now it looks as if Liverpool will not be playing European football Next season, those yeah. things turn around rather, rather quickly. Um, Doug is off screen, uh, telling me to shut up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, we'll um, we'll have uh, a coping session for him and Sam Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> after the season, <laughs> I'm I'm
2: happy. Arsenal's doing well, and Newcastle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle. Newcastle's another team. I mean, Newcastle has a shot at
1: the top four. I
0: mean, yeah. But,
2: and
1: they're fun to watch. Yeah,
2: but Fulham, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to my my son. Fulham's killing it over there after just making it back up, and uh, they do not look shabby at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, now um, doing his
2: thing. Tim Ream doing his thing. If we're gonna talk about American soccer for a minute, but yeah, I mean, I don't know it's been fun uh, to watch this year.
0: Seventh, yeah, seventh yeah. of the league, five behind Spurs. He could be playing Europa League football. I mean, eight behind Man U. Could be playing in the Champions League. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Let's take it back to Atlanta United. And again, Vix Doug for coming on. Uh, Doug Robertson, AJC, of course, you can read your stuff. And Larry Real Constitution. Uh just came out with an article, by the way. He just filed it on Jackson Conway, who was he was interviewing at the training ground. But <laughs> I mean, absolutely, he Conway. I mean, looks swole, as the kids say. <laughs> Dude is jacked. For real. Oh my word. I almost didn't recognize him at first. I know outside the twenty-six on his shorts, but I mean yeah. It's good to hear that he's putting in the time and putting in the effort to really get himself first team minutes because that's something that whenever he has gotten first team minutes, he's not made the most of them, fortunately. Yeah. I mean he scored what was it he scored in uh Champions League? I forget. Yeah, but outside of that, I mean, for the first team, he hasn't really made an impact. So,
1: I think he scored, and
0: yeah, you might be right, you know, you're right. But, um, in any event, I mean, it hasn't clicked for Jackson with the first team forever, whatever reason or another. I think he realizes that this might be, I mean, not to turn it into a dark circumstance, but this could be it for him with Atlanta United if he doesn't take the chances that he's given. I mean, he tore it up in the USL Championship, and I don't think he'll be headed to MLS Next Pro because the competition is probably below the level of player that he is right now. But I think he understands that, look, this is my last chance, and I need to show that I'm not just a good player at the USL Championship level. I need to show that I'm MLS quality. That's that's where I've been
2: kind of iffy on Jackson because I like Jackson. I'm a big Jackson Conway fan because he, you just got to root for the guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's consistently done really well for the twos. And then like you said, he he gets up to the first team and just hasn't taken advantage of the minutes that he's had. And, and that, that happens. And I always describe it as being stuck in that purgatory between the two leagues. I just – you get a guy who has made the conscious decision, like what Doug was just talking about, what we were just talking about, to take his craft and try and perfect it as much as he can by spending that extra time watching film, working out, doing you know all the training. That is – there's something to be said about that because – and I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm no way comparing – these two players. However, the work ethic is what you would see from a guy like Miguel Amaron, the one that's showing up first, leaving last, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but th- there, that's a, that's a, a huge factor in not only getting yourself better, but showing the, the coaching staff that you're all in. And you know, we're talking about Yacomac is coming over from Celtic. If you he shows up and Jackson Conway shows out in in a way that he did or even better than he did for the twos last season, he might have a starting job. This is a golden opportunity for him. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see. I'm, I mean, I'm cheering for him.
1: I mean, Brandon Vasquez has to be an inspiration to him, right? U S open cup legend, Brandon Vasquez. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, he he came in and really wasn't expected to, to do much and, just absolutely killed it with Cincinnati. So he's definitely got a, a, a chance to, to make a mark here. But like you said, this, he probably is running out of time because in 2020, he had an opportunity uh, 2021. And then last year as well. I mean, he's, he's had some opportunities, just hasn't been able to take advantage of it, but he's also been on some bad teams too. that's yeah. another thing. Like it's, he hasn't been on, on some teams that were expected to score. I mean, they just, nobody was scoring in that yeah. position. You know, Joseph, recovering in in 2021 it was okay but i mean still it just it just never ended up happening so yeah it's 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 an important camp for him for sure and he's gonna get a lot of reps for sure
0: yeah um i think the vasquez comparison is a little interesting because i so i I feel like vasquez and conway are two different circumstances and tommy i'm not saying that you're absolutely wrong because Vasquez has done terrific with Cincinnati I think the thing with Vasquez is there's like a glass ceiling they couldn't break through because Joseph was the number one striker far and away was able to break through that ceiling so that kind of stunted his development in a way with Atlanta United he had nowhere to go except out and he ended up on Cincinnati and of course the rest is history I wonder though Maybe if circumstances were different, and maybe if Brandon Vasquez had stayed in Atlanta, I mean, by, by some by some way or reason that he would stay in Atlanta, I mean what the circumstances would have been today. I mean, it would have been doubtful because again, Joseph, you know, being Joseph, but at the same time, you kinda of wonder how things would have been different.
1: Timing's everything in sports, mm-hmm. right? like right before Michael Vick got busted for the dogs, they just traded Matt Schaub away to Houston and it, timing is literally everything. And, you know, might, might get into this today or not, but same thing with Miles Robinson, timing's everything. You know, you had you were likely going to be transferring him out this off season. What happens, you know, he gets hurt and now he's in a situation where basically you, you're not, you have a very good chance of not making any money off of him um, at the end of the season. So it's, sports you can't predict what's going to happen nobody was going to predict joseph was going to get hurt in nashville but man if you were able to hold on to him that could have changed history i mean it could have it could have you know been great for him in atlanta or maybe it never would have happened and he never would have had the opportunity out in cincinnati so never know but timing in sports is just an interesting thing and and how things happen at specific times nobody cared that brandon really left i mean besides you know the open cup legend that he had like everyone's like okay he's gone but he's never gonna play because we've got joseph and joseph's playing every game and then it happens so yeah it's just weird how things work out
0: speaking of timing and we'll pivot to uh the training ground um so i'm a big american football fan as you guys know and speaking of timing um i think of the new england patriots drew bledso was their starting quarterback and he got hurt and this late round pick by the name of Tom Brady took over for him. And then we all know what happened, you know, 20, 25 years later. So that's kind of what I thought about when you're talking about Yeah, I mean, Tom. In. I think that's one of the things too, that you kind of have to remember as well,
2: because we're, we're obviously going to talk about, you know, Yakamakis coming in mm-hmm. again, but it doesn't matter who you sign, who you bring in. For, I mean, besides maybe a handful of like players that are really well known, Messi's, Ronaldo, like those kind of guys, but you don't know what you're getting um, in terms of a player moving overseas, coming to a new league, you know, this and that, all the, the cultural differences and all until they get here. And you have to understand that, like, if this Yakumaka deal works out, if he does make it over, which it, it does seem very likely, it was reported, mm-hmm. you know, today, 90 minutes. Um, and, a, and a handful of others saying that it's pretty much imminent at this point. Um, he could recapture that lightning in a bottle that he had in the air to yep. or he, or he carries on that kind of oddball Atlanta United mantra of not being able to just hit on another striker. And you got to hope that with Loggerway and the things that they're doing with, you know, analytics, which is just getting up and going, uh, that they, they've really done their their research and looked into the way that Pineda wants to play. Between Yakamakis and Jackson Conway, I think it's interesting because you have two big-bodied guys. And I remember going back last season, I think it was the very last um, set of interviews in the locker room or the post-match interviews where it was asked, I think Felipe asked um, Pineda, if like, what, what would he do differently this coming year in terms of changing his style and all that around? And Pineda's answer was essentially, if I had this particular type of striker or this particular type of player for whatever position, I would change things up a little bit to play to their strengths. And one of the things he talked about was having a big body guy, you know, that's going to make runs in behind, be able to fight for the ball. And so, you just wonder if that's maybe what Pineda has trying to been pushed for, pushing for all along. Maybe, maybe, you know, Conway kind of had an idea of that. That's what he wanted. And again, if I'm Conway, I'm doing the same thing he did. I'm spending that time, and I'm, I'm going and training, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to win that starting position. Screw whatever other person comes in. That's my spot. And if, if he, hey, if he wins it, more power to him.
0: Do we want to switch gears and talk about uh, what we saw in the training ground? Yeah.
1: Can you yeah, fit? So, uh, say say the name. I, I, I'm still screwing Yaku it up. Marcus. Can it fit on the back of a jersey? I don't know. It's going to have to be yeah. like
2: double spaced or
1: something. You can go on the sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Like at that point, yeah. like you're just going to have a, you know the the G starting on on the sleeve. That's yeah. just
0: a DD. Period. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw with Celtic I saw a picture with him at Celtic I think they were able to fit it on there So they may have to squeeze the letters together Make them smaller just to have it all fit Side uh, 6 font but, going um, on the back of the Atlanta Right, side <laughs> like 6 font But when uh, I order uh, from
1: DHgate It'll be interesting to see how they fit that on there Because their jerseys are always uh, Interesting and in, and in how they can screw things up So <laughs> I got a, Fa- a Falcons jersey years ago And it was Fikens F-A-I-C-O-N-S <laughs> So I've always had some interesting stories, and then you try to message them. got your to them don't wish. Why the jersey's wrong. Like, I send the jersey, and they're like, it looks great. And I'm like, no, this is not how you spell Falcons. And I <laughs> had to spell it out for them. Try a
0: L. That's,
1: that's actually what they said. So, yeah, I'm going to order one just to see what happens, and we'll see what it looks like.
0: <laughs> Cannot yeah, wait for the sure to, show and tell. Be sure to report back on that. <laughs>
1: great report
0: yeah but uh yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, let's switch gears and talk about what we saw in the training ground and we already talked about jackson conway um miles we talked about to a little bit of the things that miles uh tyler, I was telling you um miles uh, he's moving around pretty well on the training ground um, kazan looked pretty strong out there so you saw tyler he's looks to be moving around pretty pretty well um so a little bit of frustration when he missed on a save. I, I don't know who <laughs> shot it, but uh, it's kind of frustrating. He hit the, hit the post and kind of swore under his breath, uh, I think. But uh, Which yeah, under, it seems under Brad's to be...
2: breath is still like super loud.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, kind of a funny funny thought I had. Um, for those of you who don't know, the windows at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium press box will be open. So we get to hear Brad... Cursing y'all at his defense.
2: (laughs) I am so excited about that. By the way, like I know I I retweeted it out, and I was like, I'm more excited about this than I should be. But it's just so much more fun being part of the atmosphere. So having those windows gone, like it's cool to have the windows, and it definitely creates like a you know more intimate setting and all. But I mean, it might also help me too because you're not supposed to cheer in the press box, and it's so hard for me to just be like, you know. I'll uh, oh, hold myself fist. out of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> so, God, silently. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be neat though to, to be able to still be involved and like hear the crowd and hear the atmosphere and hear the chants. And, you know, that's, that's what gets you into soccer, right? That's, that's part of the whole vibe of going to a match. And Atlanta does it best. Yeah. So, it'll be, it'll be really ne- it, neat to see that kind of open field
0: open air view again. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. But um yeah, you know, going back, you know, we kind of left out Brad, you know, his temperament. But I'm um, going back to the training ground. Um actually uh Parata, Paranta I went and kind of talk about what he said, you know, just talking about Brad's leadership and you know, you know how he I'm paraphrasing but yeah, you know, his expectations for his defense and how they want to Perform for him because <clears throat> I, I I asked him. I said, you know, you, you didn't get to play with him a whole lot last year. I don't think he played any matches with Brad Guzan last year. I no, could be mistaken. He came yeah. in
2: in the summer, at well after Brad was hurt.
0: Yeah, but I think that having Brad in there is going to make a huge mouth defense, huge mouth difference for this defense for players like Perata, for players like Cobb, for players like Franco. Um, Miles to some extent, even though Miles is an experienced player, but I think having Brad Gazan back there is going to do this defense a world of good. It, it's something that they didn't have for much of last year. But Peralta said it that you know the, the relationship is good, and you know, Brad has provided you know that leadership. And I'm paraphrasing again; they want to play for him because they're, they're in front of him. And they want to really support him and what he does. And again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact quote, but that's really the gist of it. So I'm really looking forward to see how players like Pirata and the ones I mentioned really blossom under Gazan and Brooks against spoke Brits, Lennon spoke. And I touched on his quote with Doug and Tyler kind of gels with what uh, Pineda was saying on you know, the radio that you're talking about, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to hear that from the players. And again, interesting to hear that from Pineda after training on the radio, just if that's about the vibe on the training ground in and, and the lock, locker room.
2: Yeah. One of the things that, that Parada said that kind of stood out to me was he, he would, again, going back to what you mentioned, they they haven't played together yet. Mm-hmm. And Parada already described him as as the team's leader you already expect that, right? But you have so many new players that are coming in that really haven't had the, the history with Brad that I think maybe the fans feel, you know, because Brad has been there from the beginning. He's or, or almost the beginning. Yeah, He's definitely. been a guy that's been around. He, he helped win the Cups, um, everything. So you kind of feel a connection to him. So to see a guy that, that came in in the summer last season – hasn't played with him hasn't been a part of the you know being screamed at and yelled at and everything else uh for him to just come out and be like yeah he, he's our leader he's he's a guy back there that we we look up to that's a big deal and I think I just I just have a feeling that having Gazan back there this season no matter who is there obviously we have parado you got miles whoever else may come in I don't think they're gonna want to throw Noah Cobb to the Wolves yet, I think that would be a little crazy. I, th- I think you have to get another center back in somehow or another. But that's that's going to be one of the biggest missing links for all the crap that happened last year with some of the mental mistakes. Because I'm telling you right now, Brad Guzan being back there, doing what he does best in terms of leading his back line – would have made the difference between them making the playoffs and not making the playoffs last season because right. of the single, simple, sometimes boneheaded mistakes that center backs or just defenders in general made that you wouldn't have had you had somebody back there being a Brad Gazan. So it's exciting to have him back, and it's exciting to see a guy like Parada who hasn't played with him already looking up to him.
1: Rocco's Rio, remember he uh, left the entire net open during the Orlando game. I don't think anyone will ever forget that. I don't yeah. think Brad would uh, not be ready for uh, for a free kick there. I can imagine but, I mean, this might be Brad's last season. Yeah. I mean, Brad's in the last year of his contract. I mean, I, I know he probably wants to play forever. He seems like that type of guy that's going to want to keep going. And, you know, who knows, maybe they'll be able to negotiate a cheaper contract with him, but He's one of the still larger contracts that are left out there. Um, He's one of the highest paid uh, keepers in the league over the past few years. So we'll see what happens here after the season, but you you, got to root for this guy, right? Like he, a leader in the locker room and he talked a little bit today on, on Dukes and bell about how, when he saw miles hurt, like he was in, he might've been in the press box. I think that, um, or not the press box. I think he was actually uh, doing the halftime for it, yeah. and he immediately like went down on his scooter to immediately talk to him because he knew exactly what happened to him.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's that's a leader right there. I mean, he, he's in a suit right now, and he's you know he's at the halftime just talking about the game. But no, he his first instinct is to get all the way down there, scoot literally scoot himself all the way down to that locker room, and you know be with his friend and his teammate. And that's, that's what a leader does. And without Joseph and without a lot of other players that have been eliminated from this team, he's really the last part. I understand miles is there as well, but, but Brad is a leader and he's been the leader for this team for a long time. So I think going into what I think we've called Atlanta United 2.0, the start of it here, I think that you still need that one piece to really hold on and, and lead that locker room. And I think that, He's a great piece of it, and depending on if Miles Robinson resigns or not, Miles could be that leader for the future after this season if he stays. And if not, who knows where we're going to go from there? You've got a guy like Brooks Lennon who just signed a contract extension; he could very well be the leader for the future. But this season, it's it's Brad's time to to, to lead the lead, and I think that it's going to be great for everybody.
2: And Brooks mentioned it's it's worth throwing that out there now too that was actually one of the things that Brooks Lennon talked about today was um, he's always mentioned being a leader back there, but he, he was asked about Joseph and about Mm -hmm. kind of the, the the vibe and things since Joseph left. And uh, of course he wished Joseph the best as anybody should, but he said, this is an opportunity now for guys like him himself and, and plenty of others to step up and be the leaders that the team needs. And you know, you you've got opportunities here abound for so many uh, players in in so many different roles. We were just talking about Jackson Conway, but yeah, Brooks Lennon, he's here for the the quote unquote long terms for soccer long term. Um, he he needs to become a vital part of that locker room, and you know, super super talented guy. Um, there's always going to be like we were talking about with Doug earlier the the comparison julian gressel and i do i feel like that's unfair as well Mm -hmm. um but it's it's his opportunity now to to step up and do the intangible things that are going to help your team in times like 2022 in times where things just aren't going the right way and you've got to figure out a way to you know to get everybody on the same page and make things work even when it just doesn't seem like things are going to work And uh, yeah, this is a good opportunity for him and a handful of others in that locker room to make a difference.
1: And that's what leaders do, uh, especially during down times. And I think last year they really lacked a leadership, especially after miles went down for only holding the the captain's ban for what maybe two games, an open cup and one MLS game. I think he immediately got hurt in that first MLS game. This team was down. I mean, they, they were down and out many times and there really wasn't a, a, a leader out there. And, even some of the people that could have been leader got hurt. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Brooks got hurt, you know, randomly and it, it just seemed like there were just people in and out. So I, I can see, you know, why it was hard because it was a very young team. I mean, we already knew going into the season it was one of the youngest MLS rosters out there. And now you've lost pretty much all your veterans on there besides mm-hmm. Joseph. And, you know, I think a lot of people knew that it was, it was toxic with him and if i am sure that if brad was in that locker room at the time where a lot of this joseph stuff was going down a lot of that wouldn't have gone down yeah. um or things or it would have the stories would have changed a little bit or yeah maybe some locker 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 room fights uh between <laughs> that, but you don't know but i mean
2: i mean yeah it would have been handled differently i think for sure yeah. Absolutely. and
1: you basically had Joseph running that locker room. And I mean, even look at when he got suspended for that game. What did these players do? They were, they were Instagramming and tweeting pictures of Joseph Martinez. So they picked a side there. And like, if I'm I'm Pineda, I'm like, you know, he's finding out that all these people, after he's been suspended for one game, they're all, you know, posting pictures of Joseph. That's got to be an uncomfortable locker room for a coach to walk into because it seemed like they were picking you know, Joseph over the coach and, you know, that that's why this season is just so big. You're, you're having a fresh start. You've still got some players that were on here from last year, but it's a, it's a new environment. And I think for a young new coach that has learned a lot in a season and a quarter that he's been here, um, hopefully we see a, a brand new Atlanta United.
0: Yeah. And that goes back to Duck's point about intangibles. You know, you don't, Leadership isn't something you can sign. Leadership is something that's developed over time. And Greg is a leader for this club. Ozzy Alonzo, you know, based on his status in MLS and how long he's been in the league, could have been the leader for Atlanta United. Miles Robinson, you can argue, is a leader right now for Atlanta United, even though he didn't play last year. Um, You know, in 2023, he'll hopefully take on that leadership mantle or start to take that leadership mantle from Brady's and for a lady United. So sometimes it's not sometimes the most important things for a club. It's not something that you can measure on the stat sheet. It's things like leadership and intangibles and things like that. And Tom, I think you brought up an excellent point. Maybe if Brady's was there or Ozzy or, well, not they're there, but I mean, they're the locker room. Brad, Ozzie, I'll throw it back. Maybe a Lorenowitz, maybe a Michael Parkers type. Maybe the narrative would have been a lot different. So looking forward to this season and you know, getting those leadership types back so that Lenny United can hopefully get itself back in playoff shape.
1: One of the questions I had for both of you, um, I know you've heard a lot of from the players, Um, Brad obviously has said that he's ready game one. Have you heard about Miles and about his availability possibly for game one?
0: I haven't heard anything suggesting that he wouldn't be ready. Um, And I think that who was it that asked in the chat? T Riddle asked in the chat uh, just about those guys. I haven't heard anything. Stating that maybe Tyler, you've heard differently. I haven't heard anything suggesting that neither Miles nor Brad wouldn't be ready for San Jose. On yeah, fifth barring a setback. So
2: almost well, the, the day that Pineda came out and said they, you know, they were close to signing three different players, uh, I think was the day that he mentioned because he was asked about Miles Robinson, and he essentially said, you know, that they're they're trying to play it safe but that they're so well progressed. Um, Obviously he, he, I mean, you know how Pineda is. He's not going to come out and tell you like who the starting 11 is at all for anything. Um, But he, the implication was definitely that like, they're both healing very well. And then like you were saying earlier, Sydney, like we saw him today. I saw him there almost two weeks ago. And I mean, he, he he's moving great now. Granted, I will say I have noticed it just a couple of times that I've been there, Miles, in his roles that he is is performing in training. Yes, he, of course he's a defender, he's a center back, but he is not as involved in kind of the the more hardcore stuff. He's still on the on the pitch doing everything else that everybody is, but you don't see him you know, necessarily sliding into a ton of tackles and, and doing anything crazy. He's very much at the back, helping in the drills that we've seen play out of the back and and not being too involved in anything crazy physical. Brad Gazan, on the other hand, uh, he's throwing himself down wherever. I mean, that does not look at all like that dude had an Achilles rupture less than a year ago. He is just as... I don't want to call it reckless because it's not. I mean, it's, it's very much like he's doing his job as a goalkeeper. But even today, during some of the drills, that man is is diving into traffic, going after balls. He is jumping up in the air, um, diving left and right, kicking the goalposts. You know, because he was pissed. And it's great to see all that stuff is so good to see. That's what you want. Um, it may just be that that Brad is is a little more hard headed than Miles. You know, or it could be that. Realistically speaking, Miles does need a little bit more time because he is going to be running more. Um, and they're just trying to play it safe. But I, I think they, I mean, they both look good. They both look good. Now, do I think Miles starts that match? That depends on if they sign another center back. Right. Uh, we'll see. But I think he can. I don't know if you want to force it if you have options, but you can. And, and Gazan, I like he looks like he's good to go.
1: <laughs> and you're already going to be short a couple guys to start the season, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, obviously, the news of Ozzy Alonso not being there yet um, pretty much guarantees he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season, in right. my opinion. Uh, and then you, you're going to be without Sosa due to the suspension for a couple games. So you're going to be shorthanded for the first few. The schedule is light, in my opinion, um, to, to start. So... I mean it's a good time to maybe be missing a few players but you know those three players would really come in handy this weekend you know instead we're going to have to show up and and play you know at least 15 <laughs> 20 minutes you know out there but if we oh, can survive that long that I, I don't think I can <laughs> I'll do my best Yeah I mean it, this season's going to be fun I think and we're going to see a lot of late signings and Garth said today um, on his radio appearance, that fans are going to get annoyed with him because mm-hmm. he does take his time on things, he's not going to jump on things, he's not going to make any urgent signings. And Atlanta United has been well known for emergency signings, just like Doug said, Jurgen down. my boy. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. that was that wasn't you know, I Doug said that we were in a playoff push, we were really bad during that COVID year. I don't know, I mean, I, I thought that. Personally, the Jurgen Dom experience was just to, to say that we're doing something to try to make a push here. But they they weren't good at all. Nope. I don't think that was a playoff push that, that year. I think that they were really just trying to, to bring someone in and to get the vibes mm. up. And, you know, it, it wasn't a good year. I mean, he wasn't good. And they signed him to a long contract. Yeah. That was a very long contract from there. So
0: An expensive contract, too. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, there's emergency... And Justin's asking, I'm maybe it's one of the first times he's heard me, but no, uh, Jurgen Dom's usually my, my joking, uh, sarcasm favorite player.
2: There is a Jurgen Dom mentioned by Tommy in every show, every <laughs> with, every Twitter spaces, Twitter we spaces. Have to bring
1: up Jurgen Dom somehow about it. Well, um, Amphim I Cup too, missed it. Yep, Amphim Cup as well. One of these shows, but we'll get back to it uh, eventually. Here, I gotta. I'm, I'm still in preseason mode myself, so we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get there. We're getting there. Yeah, for yeah.
0: sure. Yeah, talking about center backs. I'm seeing a couple of shouts in the chat on YouTube from Mark, and I forget who else. I'm talking about center bags. Um, Kamal Miller from Montreal, who's, we mentioned him on the previous show, you know, national team member with Canada on that team that qualified for the World Cup. So maybe that's an option for Atlanta United. We'll see. Um, we'll see where they go. Of course, Kayas was available, but he ended up going to Genoa where he'll be reunited with kind of guests you got to sustain it from, NYCFC. So we'll see what Eleni United do in that regard, because that's another kind of piece of the puzzle that they need to fill. Um,
1: But, you know, one quick point, and I I didn't get to ask Doug this, but, you know, he tweeted this, and a lot of people were real upset about him, that he didn't ever really seem like he was... In the plans of Atlanta United, and, and I mm-hmm. we've talked about this, I think, in the last episode, it really didn't make sense because he was gonna be very pricey, right? Like he had multiple teams bidding for him. Um, you know, there was I think there was even talk of another MLS team possibly jumping in, and maybe or maybe it was just New York FC was trying to retain him. But Atlanta United, I think, are gonna go with price-friendly center backs going in the yeah. future, I, I think. And I think that he would have cost way too much. And you look at what they're trying to do right now, it just didn't make sense to me that they were actually going to end up signing him uh, for the price that he was probably going to be needed for. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Mark saying um,
1: Miller's in contract, you're making
0: $300,000. So, I mean, that that sounds promising for a late night. Maybe they can swing a trade, but again, balls in the, front office's court to fill a position of need, fill several positions from the front lady united i'm kind of running short on time I do want to mention uh united states national national team playing serbia tonight actually playing serbia twice this weekend at bmo stadium in la not bank of america park bank of america stadium where it's called bmo stadium so you guys may have heard changed the name but they're playing on Wednesday night as we're recording it i believe on saturday both those matches on HBO Max. Uh, I believe the Saturday matches on TNT. And Brooks, I'll hit on this real quickly. Brooks mentioned that he you know, was disappointed not to be a part of you know, the January camp, but he's working to get to that point where he can be called up in future camps and make his mark on the national team picture. And we'll kind of maybe get on that a little later, but yeah, we'll hopefully you know, that happens for him, but. Yeah, Mets National Team play against Serbia, California uh, this weekend. Do uh, we want to hit a tweet of the week? Yeah. All right, we'll tweet of the week from one Joseph Alexander Martinez-Mencia um, January 20, 2023 uh, saying, you will always be the kings of my heart, forever grateful. Big part of my heart will always be here with you all. I love you forever. Um, and then crowd emoji and then red and black heart emoji at Atlanta United. So yeah, disappointing that it had to end the way it did for Atlanta United. But or Joseph Martinez with Atlanta United. But as we said last week, wishing the best. Um, just not against Atlanta United who do no on we'll be yeah <laughs> yeah who will take on um, Miami three times, twice in yeah. the, in the. Um, Right, which is the of course, Thanks, Leeds Cup. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Just you watch. Just you watch. It's going to be, and we didn't mention U.S. Open Cup. Just you watch. It's going to be Atlanta, Miami, and the U.S. Open Cup semifinal or something it's, like that. Yeah, something freaking ridiculous. Just you watch. <laughs> Just you watch. Um, so it's a match week, and
1: you guys know what that means, predictions.
2: It's so, it almost feels unfair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know Ron's watching so you can't you can't say too bad of a score here <laughs> yeah. you know the thing is man
2: I, I got I, like i said i, I give him props because that team they're a fun team to watch and he's doing really well out there um yeah. you got to look at this as atlanta's gonna probably play you know some of their their first team guys for i don't know a half hour or so maybe a little bit longer and then you're going to see a lot of the kids get a chance, and you may even see some trialists. Uh, Rod yeah. talked about Chattanooga's going to have some. So it'll be interesting to see who pops up. But uh, I don't know, man. I'll say I, I'll say 3-1 to Atlanta. Yeah.
0: I was thinking 3-0 or something like that. I mean, Rod sounded like he was realistic about, you know, Chattanooga FC's chances against an upper division side. And you know, a lot of respect to him. It sounds like it's a really good situation up there. I think however, LA United are going to win. You know, I I don't think it will be so much about the score for either side than it is for Chattanooga. Getting the legs underneath them against, like I said, first division opponent and then LA United. get the players out there in a match setting and hopefully not seeing anyone injured while playing the younger players getting them sometimes so yeah i think three no but at the same time you know that score line yeah. probably will be a little more irrelevant the working on things no. is yeah. the biggest thing to watch for
2: um, exactly i'll hit on one one last thing but tommy you what you what you got
1: i'm gonna say two to one i think that that's a Ooh. fair score rod really talked me into uh his signings uh, yeah i think that aruju scores a banger to start the season the comeback tour Varouju mm-hmm. begins today. And then the second half, I think either uh, – well, if Rosetto doesn't score, because I think he's, he likes to score, you know, a banger, preseason. just one banger in, in the preseason. <laughs> if he doesn't end up scoring, uh, I'm counting on Sydney to score the second goal of the game, the game winner, and 2-1. Uh, I like it.
0: Well, I'll be doing it remotely because I won't be able to make it. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen,
1: movies. You, you've seen how movies go. They could jet you down real quick onto the yeah. field. Uh, yeah, uh, book, it up, in, so. book it up.
0: Book <laughs> it up seventy five and put on the kit. And I mean, you'll notice me. I'm like pretty big, <laughs> pretty well built. <laughs> let's say that. Yeah. As Tyler,
1: Mike Ducks scored a goal in D three. So don't don't tell me it can't be done.
2: Hey, look what just happened to Aberdeen over there. By yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. buddy.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. was it? Six to seven. The Club. Yes, yeah, the tier sixth. side beat
1: Aberdeen. Ariel's yeah. yeah. upset that we're starting the Aruju hype train again. I mean, no, you get, you get on gotta, the train, you bro. You got to be hopeful. Oh. You got to be hopeful here at, exactly. at some point.
0: We're a glass half full podcast. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. And, and I think um, you're going to see. Yeah, you'll see Arujo you'll see Almada. You'll I, mm. to, to see Tiago Almada playing in Chattanooga, Tennessee, <laughs> is just wild to me. After everything we just watched in December, uh, um, exactly. That's a good it's, point. It's so cool though. But that that's what I love about soccer in this country is mm. you know it's it's still growing in so many ways. But you're gonna have a dude that literally just want a World Cup come to play a friendly in Chattanooga. <laughs> I think it's just so cool. Goodness.
0: Um, but yeah, it's you'll see a lot the of the kids. The mission alone. What's that? So that's worth the price of admission alone. Right. I know. I mean, yeah. how, I mean nice how many point? times are
2: you going to get to say that, you know? Exactly. So, uh, yeah. You uh, see a bunch of the kids. We got to mention Reyes, uh, who won't be there. He just started in the U-20 Sudamericana last night and yeah. uh, kept clean sheet. one against, who was it? Bolivia, I believe. Bolivia.
0: Yeah. And so, really, uh, essentially, a must-win match for Chile. Yeah. Because... Uh, They're now tied for second, uh, third on tiebreaker in Group B. So that really was a must-win for them. They're still on the hunt to make it to the final stage, which begins uh, the 31st. So hopefully Vicente and Chile can make it out to that final stage. Uh, They play again uh, the 28th against Venezuela. So hopefully they get the win and make their way to the final stage um did i miss anything or yes if anything else to add no we've we've done a, another long
2: one we knew these these yeah. first ones are going to be long man but that's just part of all this preseason news and the, the rumor mill churning but two great guests today that was that was awesome definitely having, having rod and doug on yeah, yeah and i think we just yeah. need
1: to take a quick moment and just thank all the fans that have listened to us mm-hmm. absolutely uh, that have subscribed to us on twitch listened to yeah. us on twitter um YouTube. YouTube, subscribe yeah. to YouTube, our Twitter, um, you know, these, Tyler and Sydney did a great job today at uh, training, um, you know, giving out live updates. So we'll keep doing those. We'll they'll keep doing those. I'll just be watching on YouTube and <laughs> you're looking, listening like, to all the radio looking out the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, thanks. Thanks for hanging out with us, uh, spending time and we're going to keep doing this. And, you know, if you haven't listened to our Twitter spaces and you want to be part of it, Please jump in. Uh, we've got, you know, usually four or five regulars here. I know Bo and Ariel are in here, and they're they're talking a lot. But um, if you ever just want to come get your voice on, join Twitter, mm-hmm. start following us, and click the the speak button, and we'll let you in, and you can vent your frustrations. Uh, that's what we did all last year. But this year we're going to be talking about wins,
2: positivity. Hey, right, and, and maybe. That's pointing out really quick, too, we had people from freaking Uruguay last year from Scotland, some that you couldn't understand. People um, asking us for uh, whales, whales, <laughs> <jobs. laughs> yeah. the world cup, yeah, just all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah. but we we appreciate the support, guys. And, uh, That's yeah, amazing. uh, what Mark is saying, if I mean, I'll be in Chattanooga, I wish all everybody was, but um, if you see me come say howdy, I'll be there with my kids yeah. and, and my family. So.
1: We'll be at the home opener. I'll be at the home opener. You guys will be at all the games. <laughs> I will be at the home opener. So let's let's hang out and have a drink. Yeah. These guys yeah. are probably going to be working, but I'll be enjoying myself drinking. So come hang out with yeah. me. I'll, I'll buy you a beer.
0: There you yeah. go. Calling it now. Tom, Tommy is at Tommy ATL96 on Twitter. Tyler's at ATL Pilgrim on Twitter. I am at SH Rights on Twitter. Yeah, we're scarves and Spikes. Thanks so much for listening, watching whatever and we'll see.